What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. How to avoid burnout on The Brendan Burns Show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode, and before we get into the actual episode, I just want to say how much I enjoyed this episode and how relevant it is in today's age and era with millennials and social media and specifically cell phones, because the funniest thing happened. I record this episode in the studio at Gotham Podcast Studio here in New York City, and right when I finish, the audio engineer jumps on and he goes, man, that was so good. You blew my mind. I can't believe I used my cell phone. So you'll see. But the point is I recorded the whole episode, really loved how it came out. And then this guy comes on and we start talking and I didn't know if we were still recording, but we were. And so what you'll see the first three minutes of this episode is actually us having a conversation that happened after I recorded everything. And I asked him to throw it on the front of the episode. So What you're going to start with is me and the audio engineer having a post-recording conversation about how this episode impacted him, and then we get into the actual episode itself, and the topic of which came from one of our listeners who asked if I could talk about what is burnout and how to deal with it, especially around year-end, where this probably won't be released until early 2020, but this is recorded Christmas week 2019, how to avoid burnout. Enjoy the little blurb between me and the audio engineer. That was recorded after we I finished the episode, but you're going to lead right into it now. Enjoy the episode. If you haven't already, please leave me a review on The Brendan Burns Show on iTunes, and I'll see you on the other side. Thank I had you. no idea. Eight, out, like eight hours in the phone? Yeah. Dude. I'm, Look at your screen time. I think I'm honestly, I think that's, that's, that's me too. Like I'm like, holy shit. I think I'm like six. Sometime, one time I was seven. Oh, man. <laughs> That's like, and you're right. If you think you're sleeping for like eight hours, six, well, six, seven hours, mm-hmm. and then you're on the phone for eight, eight, nine, ten. Dude, that's like, that's, that's you're like alive for like four or five with human interaction and you're not on your phone. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm wow. like so proud of my hour-ish that I got here. That's cake. Congrats. That's hard, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> you're making Thank me want to stop. Like, I got to like, how do you do it? Do you like... Do you have like set times or are you like, um, I keep the phone off. I like, so before I go to bed, I turn the phone off. Um, ah, and then I wait as long as I can before I turn it on. Nice. So I'll usually like get to like 10 AM ish before it goes on. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to yeah. try that. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just, uh, I'm going to pause it. Did you have more stuff you wanted to go over? Are you recording this? Cause that would be so cool. I actually I am recording it. <laughs> if you're cool with it, let it, let's yeah. leave this in the show, sure. man. Dude, totally. Anything yeah. to help, man. Like, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I have that problem and, uh, I want to, uh, to change it because it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and it's not just you. This is the world we live in where, 
walk onto the subway and just yeah. look at how people are on their phones. You'll see it. Yeah. Dude, I almost feel like I need to, like, because I, like, work emails. Like, you have to be, like, you have to be on those. So, it's, like, yeah. that's why I'm, like, and then when you're on your work email, it all, oh, my God, all this, I just got a notification from Instagram or something else. And oh, it's, God. like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I had a client and I was in his office and he was, uh, he was trying to study. He's trying to study for this test. He's a doctor. He's oh, got cool. an upcoming test. And uh, I said, all right, well, have you been studying? He said, no, you know, I'm so busy. I said, well, just sit down and let's just set it up and study for 20 minutes. I'll just sit here and get you set up. And he sits down and his the study portal was on his computer and he had nine other tabs open. And then – but immediately one of his clients texted him or one of his patients texted him. And so he immediately looks at that text message oh, no. and now he's stressed out. And it's just like – this is why people don't get stuff done. It's it's too noisy. I yeah, mean, it's so noisy. you know what? That's it. That's yeah. definitely it. Holy shit. Airplane mode on the phone or get the phone off. Um, if you can download your trainings for whatever you need to study or do, get it off the computer or get your – I often on my MacBook, I'll put that on airplane mode. Oh, there you go. That's because I, I'm also a recovering workaholic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like – I'm like, all right, let me take a break and just watch a show and chill out. And so I started the show and then I think of something at work. And now I just – because I watched the show through the computer now. Right, right. I then hit uh, – I'm on Gmail and I'm writing a work email. So I just – I have to actually download the show onto my computer. Yeah. Um, you know, and then turn the computer onto airplane mode, no Wi-Fi. So then I can just like focus on relaxing. Nah, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. No, for sure. So anyway – uh Thanks for tuning in yeah. from the from the studio in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, yeah, if you need, I'm Mike Ortiz. If you need uh, like my stuff, like uh, I don't know, yeah, just to help out. Yeah, thank you, Mike. You got it, man. Cool. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Brendan Burns Show. Today is a solo episode, and the topic is what to do about burnout. I've done a lot of different episodes on travel, creating your own business, relationships, and I've been soliciting feedback recently. So if you're on my email list, and if you're not, you can always join at brendanhburns.com. But if you're on my email list, you can always reply to an email, and someone from my team will see that, and you can say, hey, we'd love a podcast episode on this or that. We always are open to feedback. We're always open to ideas about new episodes. And with the holidays Around This probably won't be uh, released until um, early 2020, but I'm recording this in December, just a week before Christmas of 2019. And with the holidays just around the corner, we have a lot of people who have been reaching out saying, how do you avoid burnout? I'm stressed out. What do I do? Brendan, please help. So that is what today's episode is about. Now, we're going to start with an uh, with a definition. And I got this definition from helpguide.org. Yes, I've never heard of that website. I don't think you have either, but I Googled burnout to get a good definition, and here it is. Burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. One of the things that I was looking into when researching for this episode was, what is the difference between burnout and stress? And I want you to ask yourself right now, do you feel stressed? Do you feel burnt out? Because burnout occurs when you feel overwhelmed, drained, unable to meet constant demands. So one of the things we'll be talking about today is the demands of work and what you're doing professionally at your day job. Do you have your own business? Because 
as the stress continues, this definition says, you begin to lose the interest and motivation that led you to take on that role in the first place. Maybe you are in a job that you really like, but you are losing interest and motivation because stress is stacking and you don't have the tools to deal with stress. And so we'll be talking about that today. We'll be talking about not only what burnout is, I'll be sharing some stories about how I've definitely been burnt out in my life, certainly in my career, working as a corporate lawyer, working on Wall Street. But burnout can come in any area of life, even if you have your dream job, your dream relationship, especially if you have all these things, stress is inevitable. One of the things that I love to share, one of the quotes that I really like, you guys know I like quotes. <laughs> one of the quotes that I really like is, life isn't about a successful or fulfilled life. The goal isn't to remove things that stress you out. Now, certainly I talk a lot about surrounding yourself with the right people, making sure that you do remove certain people or jobs or anything that cause you an excess amount of stress that you can remove. But I often teach principles, and I've done this in my own life, where I've elevated my career, my income, my friendship, my travel, all of these different things, and life actually can become more stressful, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. You have more clients. You have a more successful business. You have a relationship. Now, that is going to bring more stress in your life, and the goal isn't to avoid stress and run away from it or create a problem-free life. The goal is to actually learn tools and strategies to deal with the incoming stress and the burnout that we're going to talk about today so you become stronger. When I first saw this quote, I, it was actually a picture of these two wolves. And there was a small wolf with uh, like two arrows in his back and he was bled out and was lying down like dead. And then there was a bigger, much stronger wolf with eight or ten arrows in his back, but he was jacked up and he was big and strong. And nobody was messing with him. So the point is, we're going to talk about burnout, certainly ways to avoid burnout, ways to avoid excess stress. But just think about, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, if you're feeling burnt out right now, I'm also going to give you tools so you can handle it, so you can continue to grow. Maybe you're in a stressful job, but I can give you some tools so you can deal with it better. So in your downtime, you're processing your emotions, you're processing what's going on, you're sleeping better, you're setting better boundaries. So you can deal with this burnout. So let's get back to the definition. So burnout reduces productivity and saps your energy, leaving you feeling helpless, hopeless, cynical, and resentful. So for me, helpless and hopeless really stand out here, and we'll, we'll come back to that. And it says, eventually, you may feel like you have nothing more to give. The negative effects of burnout spill over into every area of your life, including home, work, and social Burnout can also cause long-term changes to your body that you may, that make you more susceptible to and vulnerable to illnesses such as cold and flu. Because of its many consequences, it's important to deal with burnout right away. Wow. Burnout sounds tough, and it doesn't just sound tough. I know it's tough because I've been there. I've been burnt out, and I really find it important to emphasize that burnout can translate into physical ailment. I have seen so many people, including clients that I coach, people in my group coaching program, Mastery Academy, people who come to my live event, Mastery Academy Live, which I did here in New York back in uh, October. And I see so much physical ailment that is caused by burnout and emotional pain. 
I call it somatization, somatic illness. And I truly believe that a great deal of illness, maybe even the majority, is caused by this burnout, which I would say is just a stacking of this emotional pain and exhaustion. And when we don't have tools to handle it and process our emotions, if we don't have people to talk about how we're feeling with, if we don't have different strategies to get out of our head and to handle what's going on inside of us, it can actually convert into physical pain. I'll give you an example. So one thing that I talk a lot about, uh, especially with my clients, is the difference between shame and guilt. Now, I actually think guilt is a good thing in many ways and is an underrated emotion. So if I do something, if I'm really late for uh, like a birthday party or I'm, I don't even show up or I don't get someone a gift or I don't wish them happy birthday or if you even take it to a next level, like I, I say something very rude or inappropriate or I, I do something that really hurts someone's feelings and I feel guilty about that. Guilt can be a really healthy emotion because it serves as a barometer for, whoa, whoa, I really messed up here. I need to apologize to this person if I was in the wrong and I need to think about what I did so I can uh, live my life in greater integrity going forward. Now, there are absolutely, absolutely times where we feel guilt when we did nothing wrong, and that's definitely something to pay attention to. see this a lot with uh, social pressures. You see it with, uh, oh, man, I feel so bad. I should be going to this person's party. I should be doing this for this person. That's where you can turn into being a people pleaser and start feeling guilt when you're just taking care of your own needs. And in that case, the guilt is unwarranted and it's still a valid emotion to recognize and process. But yeah, that's not a situation where guilt serves a lot of value. But guilt can be a very valuable emotion when it's kind of a signal of, whoa, I messed up. Whoa, I said that thing or I did that thing and that wasn't that wasn't cool. And I'm going to go apologize and thank you, guilt, for showing up because if I was walking around town doing all this hurtful stuff and I didn't feel guilty about it and I wasn't didn't have a system in my, inside of me to know to apologize and know to look at my behavior, that wouldn't be a very good thing. So guilt, that's guilt. Shame, on the other hand, so guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. Shame is overall as a person – I am not good enough. I'm I'm a mistake. There's something wrong with me. I'm flawed. And shame is just it's never true. There is a certain level of what's called healthy shame which prevents narcissism or perfectionism or thinking that you're just you know, your shit doesn't stink. I'll just say it that way. We have uh you know it's a spectrum where on the one hand you all the way on the left, you could say you just live in shame and you're just there's this feeling of I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. And then in the middle is where you want to get to of I'm not perfect, but I'm absolutely a valuable, loved, loving human being. And then all the way on the right would be this overcompensation for your shame of thinking that you're perfect, thinking that there's nothing wrong with you at all. Um and so healthy shame kind of keeps you off of that right side of the spectrum. But the point is shame is something that is really important to be aware of and kind of check in with. Think about how do I perceive myself? Do I feel like I am good enough as a person? 
And levels of shame often are higher in people who are uh, abused or neglected or abandoned as children. Uh, bullying can certainly cause shame. And uh, the high expectations that society puts on people to get the best levels of education and the best types of jobs. So if you're not hitting certain benchmarks, you can feel shame for those reasons as well. And in my own life, without realizing it until probably my mid-20s, I carried tremendous shame around. And it was the result of the uh, abandonment I experienced as a child along with the bullying. <clears throat> and that shame actually manifested in physical pain. And so when we talk about burnout and we talk about the physical pain, it can very much be linked to being burnt out, being stressed, or even just feeling these painful emotions of shame. So I developed this uh, neck pain, this chronic neck and shoulder pain. And I'm so grateful to be sitting in this podcast studio right now in New York City, totally pain-free. And yet at the same time, I had to do a lot of work to overcome releasing the anxiety and the stress and the shame and the pain literally from my neck and from my upper back and from my shoulders. Oh, man, it was just it was really chronic and really debilitating. I remember working in my old jobs on Wall Street and I would have to, you know, stand up or go for walks or even I, I would go home during the day and just lie down on a couch or a bed at home for 30 minutes to an hour to soothe the pain. And a lot of it had to do with um, what I call somatization, the transfer of emotional pain to physical. So something to keep in mind, if you find yourself sick a lot of the time or you know feeling drained emotionally, but then it turns into being physically drained, if you notice certainly headaches is a good indicator as well, something thankfully I have not had issues with, but is very common as well, headaches, tired, you know, dehydrated. These are types of things that are not physically triggered oftentimes. They can be very much emotional. So let's talk a little bit more about burnout and what the symptoms are. Like I mentioned, headaches, getting them regularly, getting a headache that will not go away or will stay for a long time, uh, feeling tired all the time, feeling like you need coffee or some kind of caffeine supplement just to get through the day. I saw this with my parents growing up, and I made a decision at a young age that I would never drink coffee, and I've actually held true to that. So uh, when I was in Tokyo, I went to a famous uh, coffee shop, and I bought an iced coffee, which people in New York, especially women, are obsessed with iced coffees. And so I had one there, and I didn't really like the taste of it. I thought it was gross. And then when I was in Italy, my friend Marcus, who was one of my roommates – when I studied abroad in college in Barcelona, he actually stayed in Barcelona and met this Florentine woman from Florence, Italy. And they got married a few years later. So I went back to Italy for the um, for the wedding and I had espresso, which I'm sure many of you have had or regularly drink. And that was like a shot that woke me up and I thought that was pretty cool, but I could also see how that could become addicting and kind of a compensation for not sleeping enough. So I don't drink coffee. But so one of the symptoms for burnout is uh, needing a lot of coffee to get through the day. A few other symptoms are lower motivation and also feeling alone. And feeling alone 
is is really important to talk about for a minute because I think there are a lot of different things going on with our society that really impact this and uh, are worth mentioning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about some of the theories that I have about why lo- feeling alone and loneliness is just growing in terms of the numbers that millennials, the millennial generation is reporting in terms of, uh, I mean, certainly we're seeing marriage rates declining, people uh, not getting married until they're a lot er- uh, older, not having kids nearly as much, and community kind of dissipating in a lot of ways. And so I think that one great way to avoid burnout is to plug in with community and with other people more because this will help with something called self-compassion. I think one of the biggest things about burnout is we get burnt out. We feel anxious, stressed, hopeless, whatever it is. And then we just kind of have this inner self-talk going on that we don't um, even realize is happening. And sometimes it can be really harsh and really uh, beating ourselves up for it. Like, come on, you know, get out of this. Why do you feel this way? What's wrong with you for feeling so burnt out? When uh, self-compassion actually teaches us to plug in to the experience of other human beings. So if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that it's very normal and common and understandable If any of this episode resonates with you, if you feel any of this exhaustion or this prolonged stress or burnout, I want you to know that you're not alone. This is something that I've absolutely had to deal with. The majority of my clients have had to or are dealing with. And the goal here isn't to eliminate the feelings of the stress or the exhaustion. It's to find ways to deal with it. Step two might be to change your life in a way where you aren't getting as triggered or the burnout doesn't come up as much. But I want you to know that you're not alone in this process. This is any, the, the reason we're talking about this is because multiple people have reached out to me specifically asking for an episode on burnout. So I want you to take comfort in the fact that you're not alone here. Why, do, why else do people feel alone? Why is loneliness on the rise? We don't value or invest in friendships the way we used to. And I'm not knocking our generation. I think society is changing in the way we interact with people, the way people work remotely a lot more, which can be a very good thing and very nice flexibility. But maybe it's the way that we work in these companies where everyone has their own individual we work booth. It's a lot more isolating Whatever it is, I don't know why, but we know for sure. What we do know is that friendship levels are on the decline. We have statistic that I saw that in the 80s, 1980s, about um, 40 years ago, yeah, uh, from 1980, the average person had something like four or five close friends. Now, Average person has one to two close friends, and 20 to 25% of people have zero close friends. That is very, that really scares me. And I am very concerned about that because one of the core, we're going to talk about how to handle burnout. And one of the core ways to do so is to connect with other people. Life is meant to be done with other people. We are social creatures, 
And one of the best ways that we can nourish our soul, deal with our stress, our burnout, our emotions, is to actually do so by being vulnerable and opening up to other people for support. And we now live in a generation where about a quarter of the population doesn't even have one close friend. And that level of isolation scares me. There's a quote that I heard on um, Porn Free Radio hosted by my good friend Matt Dobschutz, and he's a great guy. We did a crossover episode together. actually just released it uh, this week. I believe it's number 61 on my show. And Matt says that the opposite of addiction is connection. And I really, really believe that to be true. One of the biggest things in my journey from burnout and stress and anxiety to peace, joy, contentment with my life and all these things has been opening up and connecting with other human beings, specifically safe, trustworthy people who live in integrity and are living like-minded lives. So when we talk about burnout, one, you know, one of the one of the symptoms to notice are you burnt out is if you're feeling that either lower motivation or that feeling of loneliness and aloneness. It's because you might not be connecting with people enough or you might not be connecting with the right types of people. I see a lot of people who you might even be listening to this right now saying, Brendan, I don't know what you're talking about. I have so many friends. I'm on these group chats. I go out with my friends every night. I still feel burnt out. Those might not be the most like-minded individuals for you that are going to support you in the way that you might need. And there's a difference between having friends, which is really can be people that you were friendly with, and having a deep, healthy, intimate friendship where you guys care about each other and support each other and listen to each other. That's what I'm talking about here. The other reason why friendship levels might be down, social media. As much as arguments are made that social media helps people stay connected and plugged in, I think it's a very toxic environment. And I have benefited tremendously myself by getting off of social media. So I deleted Instagram off my phone several months ago. My team runs the Instagram account for my business. Um, it's not a good way to get in touch with me anymore. That's why I say email. Reply to if you're on my email list. <clears throat> uh, Facebook account. Facebook is not on my phone. Messenger app, not on my phone. If people want to get in touch with me, you got to email me, call me, or text me. Or meet up with me in real life. So social media promotes feelings of loneliness and uh, more disconnection from other human beings. So... Something to pay attention to also. Now, we're t- we were talking about burnout and some reasons, uh, some symptoms of it and some reasons why we're so burnt out. And I'm going to get into how we can handle it. But I just want to tell a quick story about my last job. I worked at a hedge fund, Wall Street. I was there from 2013 until the beginning of 2017. And... This is about vacation. And the, the basically, the I want you to think right now. Think about what's your vacation policy at the company that you work for. How many days do you have off? Uh, what, what is it like for you? Because for me, we basically had 
you can kind of take two weeks off. Like the fund was kind of slow around Christmas week and then the last week of August. So call it, say I have eight to ten vacation days, which is not bad for for my Wall Street job. Um, but I specifically remember I have a good friend who lives in New York and he, he works at another hedge fund. He works at a hedge fund now. We never worked together. But he is Greek or he grew up in Greece and he was invited to a friend's wedding in Istanbul, Turkey. And I love to travel and he knew that. And we had gone to Cuba together and had a great time. We, you know, just, you know, when you dial it in with the right travel partner and you got, you guys like all the same stuff and you get the same level of energy, you want to wake up at the same time, have the same amount of drinks, go to, it was just, we had really dialed it in and we had a great time in Cuba. And he said, Hey, Brendan, I'm going to Turkey around New Year's. I'm going to be in Greece first and with my family, and then I'm going to go to Turkey. Meet me in Turkey. We'll hang out. We'll do Istanbul. We'll do Cappadocia, which is a town. It's like more of an ancient town in central Turkey. And I just need like one day to go to this wedding, but otherwise we'll we'll do we'll do Turkey together. And I said, great. When uh, when are you thinking? And he goes, well, the wedding is on say January seventh, so let's do the first week of January. I go, perfect. So. I go to uh, the founder of my hedge fund. I was basically number two guy. I go to the founder and I say, hey, this is the week that I'm going to be taking off, uh, going on this trip. So, you know, just FYI, this is what I'm taking for my vacation. You know, I'd taken one other week that year, the, uh, the August week. And he kind of quietly nodded and didn't really say anything. And then he called me into the conference room. And apparently he was frustrated with our uh, CFO taking vacation as well around that time. And he said to me, Brendan, you and our CFO are scamming the system. And I said, what are you talking about? This is, it took a week off in August and this is my second week off. I work 50 weeks a year for you. And he goes, no, 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 you're scamming the system because you know that Christmas week things are going to be slow. And I know you intentionally – didn't take off that week. You intentionally went out of your way to take off the first week in January so you can then get two weeks off and, and you're scamming the system. You and the CFO, you're both doing this to me. And that was absolutely not <laughs> why I did this. This was just because uh, my friend needed to be there uh, January 7th for the wedding. And uh, yeah, that was that was very frustrating. Now, he was not the worst boss in the world. We, we made it work. I went on the trip and, you know, I did have some vacations, like about two per year. But it's just I just want you to know that if you're not if you don't have a good vacation situation, um, you're not alone. And I think one of the things that Europe definitely does better than America is is vacation. And I've read different articles that talk about how it's like we have such a toxic culture in America where – it's kind of macho to brag about how we never take our vacation days and vacation days don't roll over at a lot of companies. And so people say, oh, yeah, we, you know, we don't have a rollover policy because we really want you to take your vacation. And then you go, you go to your boss to ask for the days off and they give you that look. And so I just want you to know that if you don't take enough vacation um, and, and that can be a reason why you're feeling more stressed or more burnt out. And I want you to know you're not alone in that. We live in a country where we have – a very low amount of vacation days. And, and the other thing that's tough is, and this can cause a lot of anxiety and, and burnout, is we 
at least I have, I can't speak for other people, but I have felt guilty even taking a sick day, either scared or afraid. And I've worked through being sick before out of a fear that I would be replaced or that my boss would be angry at me. And if you're a longtime listener, I'm sure you've heard my story about uh, when I worked in the investment banking job before the hedge fund. I had two Wall Street jobs. That was the first one. And the uh, the guy, the analyst who had the basically seizure and passed out, it was 10 o'clock at night on a Tuesday night. And this poor guy in the morning, he came in around 11 a.m. And our boss was yelling at him for coming in so late. And he said, well, I, you made me work until 5 a.m. last night. So I needed to get a couple hours of sleep. And he said, when you come in at 11, this is what the boss said to this analyst and me. He said, if you come in at 11, you barely get any work done. Now it's already lunchtime. You go eat lunch and all you have is the afternoon, not realizing that you actually have from one in the afternoon until 5 a.m., the way our boss was working this kid. And in the morning, the uh, the analyst went up to our boss and said, hey, I'm, I'm really just not feeling well and you know, I don't know. I think I should see a doctor. And our boss just looked at this kid and said, you know, he didn't even have to say anything. His eyes just said some combination of suck it up, don't let us down, don't be a wimp. And his words were, if you really need to go to a doctor, just go to the doctor. Why are you even talking to me? And that was just kind of set a tone for the culture and for, uh, you know, how – and I, that is not the normal corporate culture. I'm sure this is probably excessively over the top. But anyway, the message was received as if you really, really need to go, go, but otherwise work through it. And so lo and behold, that evening at 10 p.m., I was on the 64th floor of the building uh, in a private conference room studying for job interviews to get the heck out of there. And me and this analyst both got an email from our boss saying, hey, where are you guys? We need you in the conference room right now. It's going to be a long, long night. And I come down to 61, 61st floor, and this guy, the analyst, was uh, on the floor shaking, convulsing. He was, And then he finally just passed out, and we had to have an ambulance come and take him off on a stretcher. So... These are things that can contribute to burnout, and I want you to pay attention to, are you working through sickness? Do you give your body the appropriate amount of rest that you need when you're ill? And are you handling these things in a way where you're taking care of yourself? Because the system can be set up. You, can, you might be in a job where you're not given the appropriate health, the, you know, the space for, to take care of your health. So why are we burnt out this day, these days? Social media, lack of connection with others, um, not taking care of ourselves. We certainly live in a different economy than we used to. This is the I think, first generation in the United States ever where we have less wealth than our parents. So every decade, every generation has always gotten more prosperous, better GDP growth, higher wages, higher salaries income equality, all of those things were moving in the right direction. And the millennial generation is the first generation where things are actually worse than the previous generation, the first generation where we're poorer than our parents on average. And so 
there is this potentially feeling like this need to work all the time and not take those breaks we need, um, whether we're not good at setting boundaries or we just it's it's not safe to set boundaries because we could get fired or passed up for promotions. And then I would say the last reason and arguably the most important reason why we're so burnt out these days is because we lack uh, our vision or we, we're not clear on what our vision is for life and we lack purpose. I really think that could be the biggest reason why people today are burnt out is because they don't know what direction they want to be headed in. When I walk around New York City, where I live and where I am right now recording this podcast, I always describe New York. If someone has never been here, and I say this specifically about Manhattan, right? You can go to Brooklyn. You can go to Queens. You can get out into one of the outer boroughs and things chill out a bit. But if you're in Manhattan, the way I explain Manhattan to people who have never been here is it's like all these people – who are sprinting around full speed, but they're not even sure where they're going. I remember I was in Brazil with a good friend of mine in 2012. I had just graduated from law school and business school. He had been working for about three years on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs. And we both want, you know, he needed a vacation and I wanted to go on vacation. And so we we went to Brazil and Argentina, but first we were in Brazil and I forget, we, we went to Rio de Janeiro first, then we went to Sao Paulo, and then we went to Buenos Aires. And I think this was in Sao Paulo. It was definitely in Brazil. And we're out, and we went out for dinner, and then we were thinking about going to a bar after. And my friend just started walking really fast. And I said, do you know where we're going? And he said, no. And I said, well, wouldn't it make sense for us to just look at Google Maps or ask someone first before, you know, we just raced in a random direction. And he said, oh, yeah, never thought about that. And I was like, you know, you can run somewhere. You can run to point A, full sprint. But if that's not where you're meant to go, you're better off just barely crawling in the right direction because you'll get to the right place where you need to be a lot faster. And so the way <laughs> – the way I describe Manhattan is it's like we and, – and this is probably an analogy that you can apply more broadly to just Americans or people on this planet is we we run so fast and we rarely ask if we're even going in the right direction. And so I do believe that when you're not clear on what your calling is or what you're meant to do – and I believe that everyone on this planet was meant to do something special and unique and different from each other. And when you don't know what that is, it's very hard to avoid burnout because you're working for someone else. You're helping someone else fulfill their vision. You're not aligned with who you really are. You probably lack motivation. You lack interest in what you're doing day to day. And I think one of the best ways to avoid burnout is to get in touch with who you're meant to be and what you're meant to do. And I do not preach that you need to go quit your job tomorrow and start your own passion business. I think that's a huge mistake for a lot of people. I and mean, People do it way too soon without a real game plan. This could be 
getting more aligned with the type of work you want to do in your existing company or even your existing role. If you were more aware of what you truly want to do, it could be finding a job that's better for you. A lot of people confuse finding purpose with creating and starting your own business, which is probably not for everyone. And I'm not advocating for that. But what I am advocating for is looking at burnout as the result of a lot of stress, um, you know, burnout of feeling not enough, empty, exhausted, lacking motivation, lacking caring. So when you look at that, I don't care, I'm not motivated you're probably very misaligned from what you want to be doing with your life. And and really, you know, when we say your life, we do spend more time at work than anywhere else. So I know it's tough because especially if you live in a big city like New York, things are expensive. But I just see a lot of people just grinding it out in these jobs that make them miserable. And I often advocate for finding a role at a company, doing something where the company is more aligned with what you're interested in, the role is more aligned with what you're interested in, and, you know, just looking at ways to be smarter financially. Like when people say, oh, but I can never afford that. It's like, well, do you really want to be living in the center of Manhattan paying $3,000 a month in rent? Are you open to living somewhere else? Oh, well, I've actually always wanted to live here or I've always wanted to move there. Yeah, you can go move there, have a much better quality of life. Everything's cheaper. Get a job doing what you're more passionate about and just take some of those risks because people and, – and, and, you know, the, the thing about burnout too is it's very tied in with hopelessness. So people who experience burnout often don't see hope of a positive change. And it's like this feeling of stuckness. And so one of the things that you can do is just start to take small tidbits of action in a new direction. And so that's something that I would absolutely advocate for. So how do we handle burnout? We've already started talking about this, and I'll give some additional strategies here. One thing is creating balance in your life. Because balance, uh, I'm sorry, burnout is often the result of excess work and stress stacking up, feeling stuck, feeling tired. And so some things that can really help with that are certainly your relationship with your physical body, how much sleep you're getting, how much technology you're using, and how that's impacting you. So first thing I would for sure say is cutting way down on technology. People come to me and they say, Brendan, you know, I'm burnt out. I don't know what to do. And I say, well, you know, maybe we should talk about job change. That's just one one idea. There are many different ideas. I could also say maybe we should talk about exercise. Maybe we should talk about being more social. And the number one thing that people say back to me is I don't have enough time. Time, the big one. And I say, all right, you don't have enough time? Take out your cell phone right now. I'll ask you to do this, if, you, if you're an iPhone user at least. Take out your phone, go to settings. And say, all right, I'm in settings. Now what do you want me to do? Say, all right, go down to uh, screen time. It's like the eighth thing down, at least on my phone. And I look at the phone and I say, all right, what is your daily average? And for me, it's about an hour and 15 minutes. I'm looking at it right now. And the uh, I look at the apps that I'm using the most. And so I see uh, my email 
text messages, uh, YouTube, right? I, there's no face. Like I said, there's no Facebook on my phone. I don't have the Facebook app. I don't have the Instagram app. I don't have a messenger app on my phone. I have none of these on my phone. So I want you to look right now. Are you using your phone for one hour a day? If so, I think that's reasonable. But are, does it say two hours? Does it say three hours? I have clients who have, who are using their phone for eight hours a day. Now that is insane. There are 24 hours in a day. If you sleep for eight hours a night, which most people are not, that's another thing we'll talk about with burnout, but let's let's just say you're sleeping eight hours a night. That leaves you with 16 hours in a day. If you are on your phone for eight hours a day, and I'm assuming that the average person, if you're listening to this right now, you're not on eight hours. You're probably, I would, I would guess the average person is probably in the three hour range, three to four hours a day. If you're on your phone for eight hours, that's 50% of your time that you're awake. That's really bad. And I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just saying pay attention. Your ears should be perking up right now if you're listening right now and this resonates with you. And so um, some things to do about that are keeping the phone off. And, you know, the immediate response, I'm just going to get right into the resistance you might be having is when I tell people that, I say, just keep the phone off. They say, no, no, but you don't understand. Like, I have to have my phone on. Why is that? Well, my boss might need to call me. Well, that, okay, that's fair. So you can schedule times to speak with your boss. Or um, people say, no, I need to be able to text. I say, well, you can use WhatsApp through your phone. You can use iMessages through your, com- I'm sorry, through your computer. You can use WhatsApp through your computer. There are a lot of ways to work around this. Definitely getting the social media apps off your phone. And another helpful thing to do is to go into the settings, go into screen time, see all activity, and then you can look by the week. Yeah, mine. this is yeah, just over an hour. It's great. And you can see by the day. You can see, like, you know, on uh, on the week weekdays, I definitely seem to use the phone a little bit more and then the um, weekends less, which is good. So, you know weekends generally I'm out and about with other people. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Um, but you can see which, which apps are most used here. And so uh, for me, it's actually, I could see it's Safari. And specifically, I was watching a show through Safari over the weekend on a, a subway ride. So I could tell that a big chunk of that time was just watching a show on subway ride home. That's funny. But look at what apps you're using. And I challenge you to delete some of those apps. If you're listening to podcasts and you're listening to this podcast, don't delete the podcast app. But if it's Instagram, if it's Facebook, if it, you know, even if it's like Messenger or uh, iMessage or WhatsApp and you say, well, this is different, Brendan, because I'm connecting with other humans. I'm going to call you on that and say, get off of iMessage, get off of WhatsApp and go hang out with that person in real life. And when you're with that person in real life, get both of your phones off too. I have both called out and left friendships where people are on their phone the whole time in front of me. I want you to elevate your standard of friendship. Do you have a friend who you meet up with and they're not paying any attention to you? They're totally disconnected from you, from their body, from and they're just on their phone the whole time or just not even there. They're there physically but not emotionally. This might be one of your parents. Certainly, I know you have a friend like this. Most people do. It's important to pay attention to that and potentially make some shifts in terms of which relationships and friendships you're investing in. I heard this quote once. People 
people either add to your life or take out of your life. And I think that's true. People can either add from your life or subtract from your life. But then there are also certain people who can multiply your life or divide your life. And so I want you to do is pay attention to the people not only who are subtracting from your life, but look at the people who are really dividing from your life. Those are the people to be really careful about, about not getting too much closeness with. So look at your phone usage. That's one. How else can you handle burnout? Like I said, human connect, human connection and having a strong support system. What groups are you going to to connect with other humans? What support groups? You know, Where are you finding like-minded people to share how your life is going with and getting the support that you need? What groups are you going to? Most people don't have groups. I'm part of an amazing men's group. I meet in Brooklyn every other Monday night, and it's the most powerful group for men looking to get more integrated into who they are, looking to get more into their masculinity, uh, looking to get more into their femininity, right? It's healthy to connect with your emotions and all that stuff. (sighs) What groups are you going to? That's a group that I found by going to a separate event that I found in New York. I met someone. He then invited me to this group. Um, if you're religious, there are a lot of church groups out there. You can go to a church group uh, or Bible study group. If you're Jewish, there's the same thing for uh, temples and synagogues. You can go to a, a Torah study group or a Jewish social group, a young professionals group. These groups are out there. Now, what I would recommend, though, is if you're going to start to get into these groups, look at the difference between a group that just meets up to do happy hour and drinks versus a group that's looking to be a little bit more deep and spiritual and friendship-oriented and supportive. I would definitely look for the latter. So I want you to ask yourself, what groups are you involved with that you're meeting up with and building your support system? Ask yourself, who in your life is your support system already and who else is in your life that could be supporting you and you're just not asking for it? So many people do not get the help that they need and the support that we all need because they think they're being a burden. One of our top human needs in life for every person, and some more so than others, is contribution and giving. I was actually at uh, WeWork yesterday, and I overheard this woman saying, I just, I love giving gifts. I just love it. You know, receiving is great too, but I just love giving to other people. And I just thought that was so interesting because so many people don't like getting gifts. They either, the shame comes up, I don't deserve it, I'm being too much of a trouble, a nuisance. People love to give, not everyone, but a lot of people love to give. And if you're not being open about what you need in terms of a support system or a friend or someone to listen or someone to be there for you, you are depriving other people of their ability to experience happiness and fulfillment in their life. Because people, there are a lot of people out there who genuinely find fulfillment in the ability to be there for other people. And you're robbing that person or those people of their gifts if you're holding what you need in. So look at who's in your life and ask yourself, how could you vulnerably ask those people for some support? If I open my phone right now and I looked at the people on this list, there are a number of people right here that I could just call up or shoot a text message and say, hey, I'm feeling really burnt out and uh, 
I need to just get on the phone with you for a couple of minutes and just vent. Is that something you could do for me tonight or this weekend? Or same thing. Would you be willing to meet me for coffee for 30 minutes to an hour? I just got to get some stuff off my chest. It's been a really long week. If you send that to one person, they might not be able to do it or they might not be the right person to do it. But if you reach out, if you think about who's really been there for you and you say, all right, there's probably four or five people, including maybe my mom or my dad, who would be not only willing to do that, but happy to do that. And you went out and did that. I bet that you would feel a lot less burnt out afterwards. So remember the statistic that I shared before, which is 20% 20 of people have zero close friends. Start building close friendships. Start doing life with other people. Join communities. Join groups. Get out there. Get out of isolation. Isolation is one of the biggest causes of burnout. And the reason we isolate is because we're so stressed out from work that we get home and all we want to do is just be alone and just get into Netflix and bed and order food and just – I get it. It's hard. But if you take a little bit of action – this took me years. This is not something I did overnight. For me to have this friendship that I have now was the strategy that I love sharing with people, which is every day I reach out to two new people. So every day for the next week, reach out to two new people. So it has to be 14 different people. Now, the following week can be the same 14, but every Monday, if you you text one person on Monday, one person, and then another person on Monday, you can't use those people until the following week. If they text you, you're allowed to text them back. But I'm saying on Tuesday, you got to reach out to new people. So the social situation I'm in now is the result of putting this plan into action over the span of the last few years. So um, that's something to definitely keep in mind. Human connection, having your support system, limiting the negative people, right? People either uh, add or subtract, and some people even multiply or divide. So you really got to stay away from those dividers. Finding the new friends, the new groups, creating balance in your life, and really taking a long, hard look at what you're doing professionally and asking yourself, if I took a 30% or 20% pay cut but found a job where I could work remotely a day a week, I had a month of vacation. I just had uh, dinner with my friend last night. He just switched jobs to a company that he likes more getting paid more money, got a promotion, better location, and gets like uh, four or five months of paternity leave. His wife is uh, pregnant. So think about think about your job. Think about the career. Think about your purpose. We talked earlier on the show about what is your purpose in life? What is What were you put here to do? Is that aligned with literally what you're doing all day, every day? Because if there's a lack of alignment there, that can cause burnout as well. And then, yeah, the last thing is just cut way down on technology. When I had my retreat in Costa Rica earlier this year, I guess it'll be last year if you're hearing this in 2020, I hosted uh, about 20 people and there was a guy there using his phone eight hours a day. And he said to me, I said, why do you use your phone so much? And he said, um... If I don't text my clients back immediately, they're going to go to someone else. I said, well, would you be willing to try an experiment with me? And he said, yeah, sure. 
I said, I want you to turn your phone off for the next five hours and call and wait a full day before replying to all your clients. And so he did that. And the following day, his clients, what he realized was that his clients were just so reliant on hearing back from him immediately that they were creating all this unnecessary drama with him. Um, by responding to these people immediately, he actually lost a lot of respect for them because they felt like they could control him and they can get an answer from him anytime, no matter what. And the guy on my retreat, my client, learned very quickly that when you are less available to people and you don't bend over backwards and sacrifice your needs to just please others, which is driven by fear and you respect yourself and you have more security to say, I will handle this when I'm available to, your clients actually respect you a hell of a lot more. And they will say, all right, well, this guy is less accessible. So when I, I'm going to get him on the phone and I'm going to keep a list of all my questions and I'm going to ask him then because I can't just get in touch with this guy every two minutes. It actually looks bad. If you're if anyone in your life has the ability to just get, hear from you that quickly other than a significant other, that's not a good thing. And I will say, though, that even with the significant other, I've had another client who wouldn't turn his phone off because he said, oh, but, you know, my wife, you know, she she expects a response from me. If, I, if I'm not available to respond to her, you know, I said, if you're not available to respond to her, then what? He says, uh, I don't know. I just I can't. I said, why not? He didn't know. I said, what are you afraid of? He said, oh, that she'll leave me. I have to be available to respond to a text message from my wife all day, every day, respond within two minutes, because if I don't, she'll leave me. And now we can laugh about that because that's so ridiculous. By setting boundaries with her and saying, no, I'm working right now and I'm not available to text you every two minutes, but I love you and I can't wait to see you tonight and I'll talk to you later. He got so much more respect from her. And so much more love from her. And she came so much closer to him as he set that boundary. So I'll leave you with that. And actually, the last thing I'll just say is uh, we didn't talk a lot about this. But other ways to avoid burnout are making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're drinking enough water, and making sure you're working out. I've already had my two cups of water during this podcast. I'm here in the studio and I need more water. Right? It's like I'm, I'm going to wrap up right now. But the point is I drink a ton of water, a ton. I'm going to the bathroom. That was the biggest reason why I liked working from home more than we were because the bathroom was right there for me. I drink so much water. I constantly – if you walked into my apartment, you would see a, a big Berkey water filter which is like, uh, you know, the best water filter that I could find that's under $500 or $1,000, right? Like instead of like the, the most expensive thing before you get to like five grand filtration systems, right? It's called the Big Berkey. So you'll see that thing filled with probably two gallons, three gallons of water. Then I got, you'll see a huge pitcher of water. Then you'll see a cup of water at my desk in my home office. You'll see another cup of water just filled up uh, in my living room. And it's just like, <laughs> I've actually had problems with mosquitoes in my apartment in the winter because of these vats of water I have lying around everywhere. It's hilarious. So I want you to drink more water and I want you to look at your caffeine intake too, because that can also cause headaches and cause dehydration. So are you drinking too much coffee? Are you uh, drinking a lot of black tea or energy drinks that have a lot of caffeine in them? 
Are you taking supplements that have caffeine in them without realizing? I had a client who was taking these um, these like energy powders that you mix into water, kind of like a Gatorade thing, and each one had 75 milligrams of caffeine in it. That's almost – I think an average cup of coffee has about 90 milligrams of caffeine in it. And this guy was just uh, – he stopped using these powders because he ran out and he was having these migraines every day. And I said, well, are you more stressed out? And he goes, no. I said, are you sleeping the same? He said, yeah. I said, are you eating anything differently? He said, no. He said, well, there was this, you know, this uh, electrolyte mix I took, but that wouldn't be the problem. I said, look at the box. And he turned the box over. It said caffeine, 75 milligrams per pouch. He was having maybe two of them a day, and he didn't drink coffee. So look at what you're putting into your body. Get more water in there. Sleep seven and a half hours per day minimum. I, that's its own episode, so... If you're not sleeping enough, go handle that. And uh, working out. I typically work out five days a week. So get into the gym. And if you feel like you don't have time, turn the phone off, turn the Netflix off, turn the YouTube off. Get in the gym, move some weights around, run around, do something that you like. If you don't like running on the treadmill, I hate running on the treadmill. If you don't like the treadmill, uh, I like to box, play basketball, tennis, um, bike ride. Just find something that you like. So thank you very much, guys. This was a really neat one. Came out a lot better than I thought it would. And, uh, yeah, what to do about burnout. Please, um, if you if you haven't already, I would love a review on iTunes for the Brendan Burns Show. If you haven't written one yet, um, please leave one. That helps get the show more visibility in the, in the iTunes app. And, um yeah, I know that you'll probably be listening to this in 2020 already, but I'm recording this on December 20th of 2019, and I hope you guys all are having a good Christmas and a good New Year's. And I want to hear from you guys more. I'm, I am hearing from you a lot on the podcast, and I, I do see everything. Um, my team always forwards me over everything in terms of uh, what we get on feedback and show notes and guests you guys want on the show. But yeah, continue to hit me up with that stuff. We had we had a big year in 2019 for guests. We had Jack Canfield, we had Chris Harder, we had Christian Mickelson, Robert Glover, the author of No More Mr. Nice Guy, um, I think three NFL athletes. So uh, don't be shy. Info at brendanhburns.com is the best way to get in touch via email. Um, or you can just get on the email list at brendanhburns.com and reply to anything there. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you in terms of guests that you guys want on the show, um, potential episodes and topics that you want to hear more about. And uh, thanks again for another great episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Lastly, if you're looking to take your personal life, business, or career to the next level and you want access to me as well as my community of like-minded people, head over to courses.brendanhburns.com and join us in Mastery Academy, my membership site that comes with online course content as well as live coaching calls every two weeks hosted by me personally. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.